1: You are Locked On Brewers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Larson. Find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks, also at Lockdown On Brewers on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers. Got a good show for you today. The Brewers, of course, off yesterday, so no game to review, but we will talk with Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott Borkenhagen will join us. We'll talk about Orlando Arcia and his improvement this year and Josh Hader and believe it or not, his improvement this year and what's behind the fact that that cat hasn't allowed a hit in now, uh, what is it, what is it up to, 11 and two-thirds innings? I mean, crazy stuff. So we'll talk with Dr. Scott. He's on tape delay uh, because we talked to him earlier in the week and with the, the you know trade that, not the trade, yeah, the trade. <laughs> I'm crossing my signals between DFAs and trades. With the trade that happened with Phelps earlier in the week, we got Brad Ford on. Uh, so we had a couple of different guests on uh, to talk about different things, and Dr. Scott slots in nicely uh, on this Friday. So we'll talk with him in a little bit here. I'll get to some of your tweets and your responses in our mailbag section. That's coming up shortly. And uh, we need to talk about the news that came down with the Brewers uh, yesterday first. And pretty simple, straightforward news. Uh, but I'll tell you, you know, at least, it is. I, I don't know if it's making a difference really in the offense. It's really not, but... The Brewers, if you're not performing, uh, are going to DFA you. Uh, not the case with Yelich. Although Yelich and <laughs> Yira, who've struggled, they are performing a little bit more than some of these other guys who the Brewers have DFA'd. Of course, you're not going to DFA Christian Yelich because you owe him $200 million. So, and he's two-time MVP. Yes, two-time MVP, I said it. It's true. He only has one, but he's the two-time MVP. Uh, they dfa Justin Smoke. Smoke was smoldering, and now the water has been thrown on the uh, on the ashes, and it's it. He's done. Uh, I'm sure he'll be picked up somewhere else if he hasn't been already by the time you've uh, heard this, but he's been DFA'd. I love uh, the uh, DFA'd is a, you know, it's a verb. Oh, you got DFA'd. <laughs> uh, designated for assignment. Did, did, did. Uh, so he's out. The Brewers bring in a guy who's been DFA'd twice in the last, uh, what, 15, 20 days. That's, that's a feat. Uh, Daniel Vogelbach, an All Star last year with the Mariners, it kind of a it, it's similar uh, with Daniel Vogelbach to uh, Jesus Aguilar's season of 2018, where he was just you know blistering on on fire. He hit 30 home runs for the Mariners last year and went to the All Star game, but then he slumped in the second half and he slumped to start the season here. So the Mariners DFA'd him, and he was picked up uh, then then sent him to the Blue Jays for some cash. I'd love to be traded for cash, cash considerations. That's what I'm worth to you, cash considerations. Anyway, I went to the Blue Jays, and then they they took a look at him and said, meh, and they DFA'd him. (laughs) The Brewers have picked him up. Uh, So we'll see. David Stern says, "Ah, you know, this uh, baseline fundamentals are good. Maybe we could uh, clean them up a little bit and see what happens. That's my David Sterns. Probably not the best impression. But anyway, uh, Vogelbach under club control, by the way, through 2024. So even in the pickup of DFAs, uh, David Stearns is like, well, he's you know, club control. I mean, <laughs> so uh, he can play first. He's a big boy. Have you seen this guy? He's uh, Tubby's a little strong of a word, but he's, he's thick. Uh, got a big, powerful swing. I think he homered against the Brewers last year. That's just going off sheer memory, because I think the Brewers played the Mariners, if I remember right. Uh, and so anyway, he's uh, he's big and you can hit the ball a long way. Uh, just, you know, hasn't been able to hit it very much since the halfway point of uh, 2019 there. So uh, we'll see. Maybe some first Ryan, some first base he'll play. Ryan Braun is uh, struggling and with his with his uh, back again in the reoccurring injury that's been happening since 2010. Uh, he's struggling with his back again. And so he's, uh, you know, not really been in the lineup and not able to help the Brewers a lot. And so, really, what Stern said yesterday when the media talked to him about this is that he is, uh, you know, really looking at Jed Jerko. And I say, good. I mean, Jerko has been in a platoon situation, but he has produced for this Brewers club. Now, does it mean that, you know, he's going to be able to face righties, you know, only or left? You know, I don't know uh, what they're going to do necessarily. But I vote for more playing time for Jed Jerko because he's one of the only guys in this entire lineup who has produced. And, uh, and produced on a fairly consistent basis this year. Old Jed Jerko, who you know people didn't like when the Brewers brought him in, but he's one of the guys who's produced more so than you know some of the stalwarts like Hira and Yelich uh, this year. So he's OPS is 9.55. That's that's really good. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, and who's in the lineup tonight? Vogelbach is supposed to be with the Brewers tonight uh, when they start their series in Cleveland. So that is the news. Also, Brandon Woodruff back from paternity leave. Again, uh, congratulations to him and his wife on a baby girl. That's awesome. I have two of those. <laughs> it's good times. Uh, and so Woodruff is back. And then uh, Phil Bickford predictably got sent down. Uh, he he had a little cup of coffee. He got splashed in the face with it to the tune of four runs given up. <laughs> it wasn't good. And so he sent back down to Appleton to uh, work out with that club there. So that's the case. Woodruff will be starting tomorrow night for the Brewers in Cleveland. Uh, So that was the case with the news. And again, you know, will it mean anything for the offense? I don't know. You know, what's going to spark the offense? Uh, It's, uh, you know, it brings us to our our mailbag section of uh, the last couple of days here on the Twitter feed, predominantly. Uh, And I can read a couple of these to you Badger Maniac. Uh, had said just about every brewer acquisition this off season was lim- a limited upside stab in the dark or a bargain basement signing. You had to be pretty optimistic to believe the plethora of journeymen brought in were going to be uh, were going to contend. They are in deep trouble moving forward. Well, I, I don't. Uh, no, I disagree a little bit with you, Badger Maniac. I think you know Avisel Garcia. I thought was a solid signing. He hasn't panned out, but the guy's produced before, and he's going to get every chance to pan out. Uh, over time here he's not himself let's put it that way he's better than what he's showing you so far this year along with you know a lot of these other guys that you depend on as your core guys if you're talking about smoke Jericho, uh logan morris and brock holt yeah yeah they didn't pan out and obviously logan morrison dfa'd brock holt dfa'd you know <laughs> there's that verb again and now justin smoke dfa'd so yeah but I think the real core behind what's, what ails the offense is the struggles of Christian Yelich, the inconsistency of Keston Hira. Brian Braun not being able to get on the field, and when he has, he's produced a little bit, had some clutch hits, but still, you know, very low batting average. You know, just not those core guys, right? And and Garcia, Avisel Garcia, who was a solid signing, uh, who was a guy, you know, Brewer signed him to a three-year deal, and they say, you know, based on his career numbers, he should produce well. I mean, he's not going to hit a hundred home runs, but he's, he should be able to, you know, be a, a solid five hole hitter, that sort of thing in your lineup. And it just hasn't been there. So the other guys, yeah. You know, is there disappointment about not being able to address first base and third base? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. But you know, I, I don't think, I don't think Garcia is a stab in the dark. And again, when you talk about what's ailing the offense, look to your core guys, they're not producing Badger Hawk. A lot of Badger guys here. Badger Hawk 80 says, is someone finally going to ask the question, what in the H-E double hockey sticks is wrong with the Brewers batting? I used to listen to you and uh, John back in the lacrosse days, so you could say I'm a long-time follower. Yeah, I tell you what, Badger Hawk 80, you are a long-time follower. That's a long time ago. I was on the radio with John Adias, who's on the radio now in Madison and voice of Badger volleyball. We'll have to get John on the podcast because John's fun, and we worked together for... A few years in lacrosse back in the early 2000s. Long time ago before marriage and kids and all that crap. Uh, <laughs> that was fun back in the day. So thanks for being a long-time follower. That's awesome. Nobody brings that up to me. I've never... I shouldn't say never. Very rarely do I ever have someone come up and say, Oh, hey, I remember you from lacrosse. I mean, geez, that's like a lifetime ago. Uh, 2002, 2003, that's the time frame we're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, I just... You know, I think people are asking, by the way, to to his other point. <laughs> of course, when you tell a broadcaster about how they you know, somebody remembers you from fifteen, twenty years ago, you're gonna go off on a tangent. But to your other point, Badger Hawkady, <laughs> about about is someone finally gonna ask the question, what's wrong with the offense? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we've been asking that all all year. I mean, it's it's bad. And uh it's the reason why they're under five hundred. If they had a normal producing offense, if they had guys performing to you know just average where you thought they'd be performing to on on the whole this team would be probably two three games over 500 you know i mean i know it's not a huge difference but it's a difference you know maybe more i don't know you know it's hard to hard to gauge that necessarily but because you can't you know you can't play it out maybe they'd be uh five six games over i don't know but they'd be in a much better shape they'd be solid second place in the NL central and looking at a playoff spot so Uh, Another quick question from a UK brew crew is a good follower for us here on the podcast As the Brewers have never won a World Series. Would you be happy if the first World Series was an asterisk season? In other words, if this season flops a little, as has been the case, does it really matter? And it's a good response is, you know, that's something we've been talking about. And I've said on the podcast that this season is kind of a, you know, it doesn't, I don't know. It's it's hard to place in context because I care about the games and I'm still just as into the games as I have been in a normal 162 game season. So I don't look at this season like it's just completely meaningless, not at all. I just also know that yeah, there is an asterisk. And somebody also pointed out that the Braves won in 95 on a shortened season, but that's way different. That's 144 games. That does, you know, that's that's basically the same as 162. I mean, it was strike shortened from the massive 94 strike and they won the World Series that year and I don't think anybody takes that away from them. You know. Uh, So, you know, if the Brewers actually got hot and made a run in the postseason and and took it all the way and and probably won the World Series here in 2020, yes, uh, you know, you'd say, well, it was a 60-game season. Of course you would. People outside would. But you also, you don't take away that memory. Now, look, if they won a three-game series in the first round, then five, then seven, then seven, that's what you have to go through to win the World Series. That'd be a hell of a run. That'd be a ton of fun, great memories, undoubtedly, right? Uh, And so you'd remember it. And you remember it with great fondness. And uh, it would count. If they followed it up maybe in the next two or three years of another World Series, then it would legitimize it. <laughs> That's what I say. So just go for two. Win one this year and then legitimize it later. <laughs> so uh, anyway, some good comments there. And then I uh, also uh, asked for your comments uh, last night uh, just based on... Uh, you know, what was going on with the roster moves. Uh, Johnny chimes in says, I'm excited to see what Vogelbach can do. Maybe a change of scenery will be good for him, and Smoke just couldn't get beyond a smolder. Thanks for the uh, shout-out for my Smoke Smolder references all season long, Johnny. Uh, the new logo is sort of bland. I want to like the new name, uh, but it's just not snappy. It doesn't roll off the tongue the way Miller Park did. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the other thing I mentioned yesterday on Twitter and asked for your comments on was the, the logo that was uh, introduced to us, uh, the American Family Field logo. And eh, it's okay. I mean, you know, people are just pissed and I get it because over Miller Park still. Everybody is, you know. And I, I, Yeah, given your druthers, of course you'd rather have Miller Park. Everybody would. Come on. (laughs) You know, it's a great name. It's a great name. It was a great name back when they came up with Miller Park in uh, 99, 2000, whenever they announced it. I was like, that's awesome. You know, it's the beer. It's the keg. You know, it's awesome. An insurance name is not going to be as fun. Who wants to talk about insurance? I know insurance companies try with commercials with Ducks and Flow and whatever else. The guy from Major League, Pedro Serrano with the voice, you know, and then who else? What else do we have? Yogi Berra used to do, you know, the duck along with Yogi Berra. You know, <laughs> American families is always talking about uh, love. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I'm an AmFam customer. I actually am. It's for real. My house is insured. My cars are insured through AmFam. It's great. But... You know, let's talk about insurance. Beer is way more fun to talk about, right? And Amfam Field, although it's not the worst thing, it's way better than like Guaranteed Rate Field, right? Come on. Or some of these other names of ballparks that are terrible. Uh, but so Amfam Field at least does have a little bit of a, a flow to it. Uh, but yeah, the logo is, I don't know, they, they might have been able to do a little bit more. It's fairly simple if you haven't seen it. I did, uh, posted on the Twitter feed at, at Lockdown Brewers and at Cheesehead Talks, and you can just Google it if you haven't seen it yet. It was uh, released yesterday. It's just, I don't know, it, it's fine. And they incorporated the roof into it, and it's fine. And the American Family Insurance logo, and they did it in Brewers' colors. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it It's, its you know, I don't know they could have spruced it up a little bit or not. I, and I'm not, I'm terrible at, at that. I'm terrible at art and drawing, so... I have nothing else than to say it just doesn't blow me away, that's all. But it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we'll talk with Dr. Scott coming up next. Uh, talk again about uh, Josh Hader and his, the, the effectiveness of his slider this year. And we'll also talk about Orlando Arcia and how he has been, Casp, the Brewers' most consistent hitter. With, which is both good for Arcia because he is better, but bad for the Brewers because everybody else is worse. So we'll talk about that coming up next. Your Lockdown Brewers. Indeed.com, the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and they get those people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need. Just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash MLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. So you're sitting at home. You're, you're just hanging out. You're like, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to see people. People? Who wants to see people? Who wants to deal with the store? Well, that's why we have Postmates. Postmates, your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U S and offer delivery from all restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers. You could possibly want or need it's 24/7, 365 within the hour, no more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Download the app for iOS or Android for free browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. Now, for a limited time, Postmates giving our listeners a $100 free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start the free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app, I should say. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it, download Postmates and save with code locked on we are joined as always well not as always on a particular day three of the up, week but three down once a week we're joined uh by dr scott and he's with us again uh brewers sabermetrics genius find his work uh, on uh brew maths <laughs> brew underscore maths on twitter at brew underscore maths and dr scott appreciate your time once again we got to talk about oh, no uh josh Hader, the slider extraordinaire uh it, it's he is 10 and two-thirds innings now as we record this okay as we're recording this 10 and two-thirds innings so far in 2020 no hit no hits apparently a lot Zero. of rocks but no hits and he's been fantastic and he's been maybe maybe better than ever josh Hader. you know he had a blow up kind of outing on uh saturday night this past weekend where he allowed five walks just inexplicable but besides that maybe in minor control problems but other than that uh, nobody's got a hit off the guy i mean it's it's really something what has been the difference this year for josh Hader?
0: well you know you kind of mentioned the five walk night and i guess i'll start there to get the bad part out of the way (laughs) um it makes sense if you look at the numbers why he's struggling a little bit with his control this year um, he's trying new things. Uh, if you look at the stats and we get into plate discipline, which we often do, uh, we look at Hater's zone percentage, how often he's hitting the zone with his pitches. Last year, he would hit the zone 46.8% of the time. This year, 34.1%. So he's definitely trying to work the fringes a little bit more. Let's Let's dive deeper into that. Um, he's not relying on the whiff as much either. Last year, the whiff was 22.7% of the time. This year, it's 14.3% of the time. A whiff being qualified or defined as a swing and a miss. Um, And so he would throw fastballs by guys right into the zone last year. This year, he's relying more on deception. He's using that slider. He's working the fringes of the zone. And if we look at the outside contact, So when a guy swings at a pitch that Hater throws outside the zone, how often do they contact it? In 2019, it was 53.3% of the time. In 2020, it's 44.2% of the time. So he's he's getting guys to miss more when he's throwing outside of the zone. Now let's take it a step further. You look at the zone contact percentage. And last year it was 65.3%. This year it's 84%. So when he throws it in the zone, guys are hitting it. And I think he figured that out last year. <laughs> and so no matter how good your fastball is, if you keep peppering the zone over and over and over, guys are going to figure it out. Last year he threw the the fastball 82.9% of the time and the slider 15.5% of the time. This year he's throwing the, the fastball 68.2% of the time and the slider 31.8% of the time. So twice as much. That leads to deception that leads to guessing that leads to the player standing in the batter's box going what the heck is coming next Yeah. Um, and so hater has created that by varying his pitches oddly enough he used four pitches last year um, and decided to get rid of the sinker and the changeup this year and so he's just focusing on the fastball and the slider and
1: pause there. working he used four pitches last year cuz i remember him only using fastball and like a tiny percentage of the time slider. It made me uncomfortable to see him use his fastball as much as he did last year. He used four pitches? Right. I didn't even know he had four pitches.
0: Well, the sinker was thrown 1.5% of the time last year. <laughs> this is year, why. And a cha- the changeup was 0.1%
1: of <laughs> oh the time. Oh, my God. That means he threw so, like two of so, them. Really? Wow. He,
0: he, he's gone away from trying to spread around the pitches, though, and figure out different pitches, and I think he's really dialed in on the fastball and the slider. Well,
1: it looks to me like he is. Last year, he was trying to figure out how to use his slider, or he was maybe not even how to use it, but he didn't have as much confidence that he could locate it. This year, to me, this is the layman Ben eyes on it, right? He looks like he can figure out how to locate the slider, and so he can go to it in most any count, and you know, as, again, as we record here on Tuesday, that worked for him like a gem on Monday night when he came in with a one-run lead. He struck out the side in order, and guys didn't know what was coming—was it the fastball or the slider? And and that to me makes him so much better because as the league figures out how to pick up his fastball, just as they're, they're figuring that out, he comes in with a slider that's reliable, <laughs> and and the result is no hits, right? Just when you get used
0: to this, this, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that.
1: (laughs) So it's pretty good. And that's why I said there was no way the Brewers should trade that guy. (laughs) You know, just because I don't think he's – I I think the argument is where people were saying up to the trade deadline – well, he's never going to get better. Is at the peak of his performances. So trade him for the most value. And I'm not. I don't know if he'll get better, but he can stay this way and anchor this bullpen. I think <laughs> for a while. And he does tinker with the changeup off. You know, not yeah. in games. So that's probably the next step in his development. And and to me, that means you're green and growing, Josh Hader, right? I mean, do you see that? Yeah. That maybe that could be this year. Could be and maybe next year a fastball slider year. And then as he grows and develops, he could develop a changeup as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's where it's headed. And you know, you you look at the last two years, and he was the relief pitcher of the year. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> so, I mean, good. he just if he's just able to maintain what he's been doing, he'd be great. But he's motivated and seems to be thirsty for more. I mean, yeah. the guy is getting better. It's undeniable. Yeah, talking um, with the- just a r- r- real quick sidebar. Oh sure. You look at how much his slider has improved in terms of the movement. Um, when twenty seventeen. His slider dropped 37.8 inches and broke 8.9 inches. Um, it drops five inches more now. So um, it still breaks about the same, but it's it's moving a lot more.
1: Yeah, he's not only having more confidence in locating it, it's actually a better pitch now too, which is uh, uh, the sky is right. the limit if he just doesn't have a blow-up five walk outing. Uh, so we'll see. But anyway, we're talking with Dr. Scott. Avoid Brewmaths, those. <laughs> avoid those. BrewMaths.com. Also, Brew underscore Maths on uh, Twitter, where he's got all kinds of great stats. Like the stats he's rattling off now, you'll probably see him on his Twitter account, if you haven't already. Uh, let's let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. And again, timely, with Orlando Garcia driving in the go-ahead run as we talk here on Tuesday. He did that on Monday night to beat the Pirates. And here's a guy that, again... I I just to the you know naked eye watching you've seen improvement from several years now previous to this year where he is coming through I, you know I I feel like his ceiling is probably a, a 250 260 average hitter but a guy yeah. who can provide something for you I mean it's not you know it's not crazy I'm not trying to put him in the category of MVP Yelich or anything here but here's a guy who uh, you know you were hoping to see. Some growth, some development at the plate, and a guy who could, who could just be somewhat reliable. And it turns out he's in the lineup every day this year, just like Yelly and Hero. But he's the one right now that's producing.
0: Yeah, I think you know what you just said was spot on. Um, you're probably looking at the idealized or optimized version of Arcia as we speak. Um, I don't know if he gets much better than he is right now. I think 275, 280 is probably his ceiling. Um, He is such a good defender though. Uh, And you know, even though his defensive metrics have not bore that out at all times, you just watch the guy and he covers a lot of ground. The reason that the Brewers can shift so much and so aggressively is because of him. Um, And so he opens up the defense in a big way. All he needs to do is produce at a average clip, yeah. a respectable clip at the plate. And he does, I mean, you can justify his existence on the roster. Um, he has made big steps, too. I mean, it's it's across the board. You look at his slash last year, 223, 283, 350. Every one of those improved. In 2020, it's 262, 340, 381. So mm-hmm. his uh, slugging percentage even went up a little bit. But the 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 big thing here is his on base percentage. It went from 283 to 340. If he can maintain that in that 350 range, yeah. you've got a really good guy to plug into the lineup and an awesome glove in the field. Now, how is he doing it? He's striking out less. Last year, he struck out 20 percent of the time. This year, 12.8. Hmm. Um, you look at his batted ball profile, and there's not a big change there. He's basically hitting about the same amount of ground balls. But the one thing that kind of jumps out, if you look at the batted ball stats, is he's hitting more line drives this year, um, which is relevant for a guy who has such a hefty swing and, uh, you know, a high hard hit percentage. Uh, Last year, his hard hit percentage was 33.1. This year, it's 37.5. Now, he's always had that massive sweeping swing, you know, where he kind of swings like a little leaguer, trying to hit it out of the park every time. Um, where his head would pull out. He had a real wide open swing. Um, basically his whole bat, I mean, he uses a heavy bat too, but his whole bat would be seen by the whole stadium every time he'd swing because <laughs> that guy just creates such a, a whirlwind. And this year he still got some of those factors that make him fun to watch, but he shortened his swing up. He brought, He brought his hands closer to his body. He's uh, more balanced when he swings, his head's on the ball. Uh, And so he kind of went for a more efficient approach at the plate. And it seems to be working because all the little numbers you would look at to see, well, are these adjustments working? They all kind of seem to suggest that they are. Um, He's swinging at the ball less outside of the zone. He's swinging at it more when it's inside of the zone. He's swinging less overall, but making more contact overall. And most importantly, he's not whiffing as much. Um, so how is he doing it? Is it the fastball, the breaking stuff? The, you know, And it's the breaking stuff. He's yeah. doing much better with the breaking balls this year. Last year, uh, you look at his weighted curveball uh, pitch value, and it was negative 3.1. This year it's 0. 0.9. So it went from negative to positive. And the slider went from negative 5.1 last year to zero this year. So he's handling the slider at least in an average, MLB average kind of a way. Yeah. Um, and that's allowing him now to bring that average up into the 260 range. If he can do that, we got a guy.
1: You got a guy. And it, it's, you know, to the, the very tiny example I'll use is again, Monday night. Uh, He tried to get him with that sweeping slider that we've seen him chase and flail at. I mean, it's the very (laughs) definition when someone says flail, that's what he looked like. And he wouldn't bite on it. And uh, it's great. And that's been the case with Orlando Garcia all year. The offense has been in such a funk that he is their best hitter right now. He realized (laughs) Monday night, he was the pinch hitter. Craig Council called on him to deliver the game winning hit off the yeah, bench. I mean, on purpose, on purpose, like not out of desperation. <laughs> well, kind of, but not, you know that's the yeah. deal. <laughs> Maybe a little. Uh, so that's what's amazing. That's what's encouraging. And a guy like that at the bottom of the order is what Brewer fans should be excited about. You know, going forward. I mean, he'll And obviously... let's, let's
0: not forget how how he brings that energy yeah. to the team. And now yeah. he's always putting bubble gum on people's hats and <laughs> yeah. giving high fives and hugs. I mean, that counts especially in baseball, you know, it's a mental game. No,
1: Dr. Scott, if you don't have analytics for it, I don't want to hear this nonsense about intangibles. (laughs) What is that? That's my job. (laughs) Anyway, you can find Dr. Scott at brewmaths.com, also at brew underscore maths on Twitter. We'll have more fun to talk about next week. Thanks, Dr. Scott. Thank you, Ben. So the Brewers back to action tonight with... Corbin Burns taking to the mound against Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco coming off a really good start at St. Louis on August 29th. Six innings, two hits, no runs, and uh, two walks. He struck out six. So I look at this and I say that's good Uh, because most of the time when the Brewers are facing a guy who's coming off a terrible outing, they get shut down. Now a lot of times when the Brewers are facing a guy who's coming off a great outing, they also get shut down. But uh you, you know i just rather do this because he's prone to maybe not being as good okay that's my that's my theory on this <laughs> he had allowed four runs and three runs in his previous two outings before that st. louis outing so there's that uh his uh season so far 2 and 3 375 era uh seven starts and his whip is 1.31 carlos Carrasco is a solid major league pitcher you know his career era 3.81 he's solid very solid even good He's he's solid and good. Uh, Brandon or, uh, Corbin Burns, I'm sorry, uh, is coming off a little shaky, but, but you know what? He uh, is at 2.78 for his ERA, and and pretty good. I said I I forgot about his uh, last. I'm sorry, I was thinking about his start at Pittsburgh, where he allowed three earned runs. His last start against Pittsburgh at Miller Park, uh, six innings three hits, no runs earned. He struck out 10. So that was outstanding. And his ERA 278. So there's the other thing. Corbin Burns coming off a great start. What does it mean? Uh, He's facing a little bit better lineup in Cleveland tonight. So we'll see what he can do. It's always kind of exciting, I think, when Corbin Burns takes to the mound, because you know how electric his stuff is and how, you know, can he have potentially a great outing? Uh, Can he break through with some consistency and great outings? And he's been very good this year. He's a great story of reclamation, I don't know, you know, a recovery response to a nightmare 2019 season, you have to classify what Corbin Burns has done this year as a tremendous success. And maybe it's not talked about enough in light of the Brewers, you know, disappointing record this season. He's been outstanding and uh, his ERA at 2.78 and it's not a small sample size. It's good stuff. So we'll, uh, we'll see that tonight. Brandon Woodruff goes tomorrow for the Brewers and then Brett Anderson on Sunday. So we'll see if the crew can, uh, can do something like they did in Chicago a few weekends ago. And that's you know, not necessarily sweep the Tribe, but maybe take two out of three. I mean, you hope so. Don't get swept. <laughs> okay, it's my big thing. Don't get swept. And then let's move on with the season. Cleveland's good. They're in first place in the AL Central. It's going to be a challenge. Uh, so we'll see how the weekend goes. And, of course, we will talk about it as we always do on Monday. We'll give you the three up, three down. Brewers with some off days next week as well. A couple of them. So they've got a chance to get some rest before the finishing kick. Uh, Which is coming up, the final third of the season. And they're in the hunt, so that's what I can say. They're in the hunt. Uh, We'll talk to you again uh, on Monday. You can find us on Lockdown Brewers, uh, at Lockdown Brewers on Twitter, at She Said Talks, my personal Twitter handle, or facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers. And we'll look forward to the weekend and look forward to talking again on Monday when we deliver your daily Brewers Fix right here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.